Entitlement Report has been out for more than two years. Can you believe it? Hi everyone, it's Sean here from the Taiwan Report, and I wanted to let you know that your donations have really helped. In the coming days, we will be releasing some new episodes, some of the things we couldn't fix, such as some sound drop-offs and things like that. However, at least we were able to salvage those interviews and make sure that you could really enjoy them. We understand that the pandemic has been tough, so if you cannot donate, one of the ways you can help is by donating some of your time. There is a call for volunteers. If you have any skills in editing, writing, or other things, we want your help here at Taiwan Report. Join us at report.tw and do a great thing, or spread the word about us. One of our main goals is to let people hear more about Taiwan and understand Taiwan. That's all, and we really hope you enjoy this coming episode. Welcome to Taiwan Context. I'm your host Donovan Smith, and with me today is Colin Hodge, one of the co-founders of SnowballForGood.com. And this is a very interesting project. Now, to read from the description on their site, it says, "In the spirit of the Milk Tea Alliance, we are looking to improve our freedom of speech, religion, protests, and the press." As kind of an overarching mission. Interestingly, when you go into the mission statement, it says here Snowball has three main goals for our mission: empower individuals to have a tangible impact on freedoms in Asia through our collective voices and financial decisions. Two, welcome participants of diverse backgrounds to generate ideas and provide insights for greater impact, including those who traditionally would shy away from activism. And number three, advocate for Taiwan internally and abroad, highlighting its special role as a beacon of hope for human rights, freedoms, and democracy in Asia. Now that's a fairly big mission, but how did you come to Taiwan in the first place? First, thanks for having me. Uh, really happy to be here. And my story coming to Taiwan was, I think, a little atypical. So I joined a startup accelerator here, and through that, I met. Who would become the future acquirer of my startup? So they acquired my startup. I moved to first Singapore, then Thailand, and then the company merged with a Taiwanese startup named Seventeen Live. And when it merged, I came to the headquarters and helped them run their marketing, and eventually took over all of their growth work. What kind of startup was it? So my startup was actually a dating app startup, and Seventeen、okay. Live is a live streaming entertainment and video startup. Oh, okay, that sounds like fun. Yeah, definitely quite different than what I'm doing at Snowball. Yeah. So where are you from? I'm originally from Pennsylvania in the U.S., and I've been in Taiwan on and off for about five years now. Okay. All right. And you're based in Taipei. I am. Yes. So now you also have a co-founder. I do. Yeah, we've been working together for about eight years now, and we originally met in San Francisco. He's a dual citizen, American and Israeli. His name's Nadav Mills, and we like to balance each other out. So we're co-founders of Snowball, and he's also my business partner for my other projects as well. Okay, so it sounds like you've got a great working relationship there. We have our ups and downs, but overall, we make things work, and we're pretty happy with each other. So, what got you guys into creating Snowball for Good? 
Yeah, it's a great question. So with Snowball, the past two years or so, both of us kept discussing and debating how can we take all these things that we've learned in the startup and entrepreneur space and apply them to something that's for the greater good. Feel like we're having a, a better impact on the world and really to, for me especially, living in Taiwan and in Southeast Asia for the last five or so years, I wanted to give back and really help the region. And so we came up with this idea that as individuals, we felt very helpless. We felt the situation was hopeless in terms of our personal freedoms. You can have press freedoms. And we saw all this stuff shrinking both internationally, but even just regionally in Asia. And so we looked at Taiwan and said, it's far from perfect. It has its blemishes, but it's one of the beacons of hope in Asia, and especially for democracy and freedoms and, and human rights. So we wanted to start something that would both benefit Taiwan, but also help in the spirit of the Milk Tea Alliance. And that goes for Thailand, for Taiwan, for Singapore, for India, et cetera. It's an inspiring movement. We want to be a part of it as individuals who can join together, be stronger as a group. So are you reaching out to people in those countries? We are somewhat. We're pretty early with Snowball. So we started in February this year, but we started to make some contacts with those countries. And I personally have lived in Thailand, so I have some pre-existing contacts. One of the key things for us right now is how do we build this movement in Taiwan? We're so focused internally that those connections are to come later. I noticed on your website, I see you've got a picture with uh, Wu Kaishi there right behind you. Yes, we do. Wuor Kaishi was nice enough to speak at one of our live events that we had in Taipei. And we learned so much about the history of the Xinjiang region and especially what we as individuals can do. He brought this really interesting mix of a longtime dissident and protester to what we're trying to do as uh, a lot of people in our group are not necessarily the type you'd see at a rally or at a protest. And so we are trying to cast a wider net and make it easier and not as intimidating to be a part of this movement and to take action. Yeah. Well, I know mostly from being a periodic drinking buddy, but <laughs> we talk about very different things. Uh, but yeah. he's a great guy. So I'm, I'm really glad he's okay. behind you on this. Now, let's talk a little bit about the website, snowballforgood.com. How did you come up with a name, which I think is quite clever? Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. So Snowball was all about if we can start this movement with just a few individuals, a few small actions, then it can roll in and really gather steam with a lot of other people. So it's like a snowball effect rolling down the hill and gathering snow and growing bigger as it goes. And so that's how Snowball came. The actual URL, snowballforgood.com, we just like the double entendre. Because, you know, you have the four positive and then you also have forever. So we really wanted to capture that spirit. And of course, just being completely honest, snowball.com was taken already and very expensive. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is, I find very interesting. What you have on your website, you can see that your first project has already kicked off here, which is drink sh uh, shop index ratings. I find it very, very interesting considering that, you know, right from the get-go on your site, you talk about how you are interested in or inspired by the Milk Tea Alliance. And I noticed here that your very first system of rating, and I'd like you to give our listeners some indication of what it is and how it's scored. Mm -hmm. But you started off with, interestingly enough, tea shops, <laughs> which, which, you know, for the Milk Tea Alliance is a, a great place to start, I thought. <laughs> 
Now, you've started, I understand, we'll talk about this a little bit later about what other areas you want to move in, but why did you start with drink shops? It's a great question. And like you said, our first project, our first consumer ratings are drink or not. This is our project about the bubble tea shops in Taiwan. And like you said, it very much aligns with the greater theme, the meta of the Milk Tea Alliance. You probably do remember back in 2019, related to the Hong Kong pro-democracy protests, there were some boycotts that happened within Taiwan. Some of the drink shops, uh, they were basically supporting either the pro-Beijing line or they were supporting the Hong Kong pro-democracy protesters. And there was a lot of netizens in Taiwan who organized and tried to find what is the background of these shops? Are they supporting democracy or not? And where does the ownership spread? So that was the first wave of this project for us. And we took inspiration from that and we said, what if we were to create an actual index that consumers could reference and would be a bit more thoroughly researched than that one was, have a very clear scoring system and potentially can be ongoingly updated so we can refer to it at any point, not just a short window like happened in 2019. So that was the inspiration for that. And then some people have asked us, like, why drink shops? Why something that seems so insignificant when you're talking about human rights and freedoms? And for us, we want to have a net positive influence and for individuals and consumers to get involved. It's very hard for us to steer our wallets and our purchases toward those really big national security issues or really key industries. But we can start small and start with something that is a very frequent purchase so that we can have an impact almost every day. That's why we chose something that most people in Taiwan are getting on a at least a weekly basis, if not daily basis, which are bubble tea or, or tea shop purchases. Now, I notice here, and this is, this is interesting. So you have a list of five ways that points can be deducted and four ways where points can be added. Mm -hmm. And then the numerical score is used to specifically say whether a place is a great choice, a good choice, neutral, avoid if possible, and avoid at all costs. Mm -hmm. Can you explain some of the index choices that you've made here, both the positive and the negative, that you use to come up with the rankings of these different tea shops? Definitely. And, and first, I should give credit to our very talented and intelligent researcher intern, Aurora Chang, and she was the one who uh, spearheaded this project. So I want to give full credit to her. As the, the co-founder of Snowball, I was providing a lot of guidance and steering this project. So I can definitely speak to this. So the first is on the positive side. Basically, we looked at overall which tea shops uh, do business in China or have investment from China if they supported the Hong Kong protests in 2019 and after. And then if they have any labor or food violations as well. So on the positive side, if you're a business owner here and you don't have franchising in China, then you get points added. If you supported the Hong Kong protests, you get points added. If you do charity events, you get a small number of points added. And of course, if you have other positive media or events, we have an other category that you can rack up a, a little bit more. On the negative side, though, if you took investment or do franchising in China, those are negatives. If you basically were anti-Hong Kong freedom protests and you were towing the Beijing line during that, then you lost points. And then if you have labor or food safety violations or other negative media, we took points away as well. So it's meant to look mostly on how this relates to authoritarian regimes like the CCP in China 
and the Hong Kong protests because of that inspiration from the 2019 netizens that organized this campaign. Looking at the list here, and you have, it's very cute the way you do it. You have images of milk tea and then the name of the shop. And then you have an image of those nutrition facts as sort of the the, <laughs> um, the the choice of graphic, which is really quite useful. You know, great choice. It's a beaming, smiley face or avoid at all costs. Looks like a, it's a <laughs> green face. Looks like it's about to hurl, <laughs> which is really quite cute. But it's also great because you can look through it very, very quickly. And if you know the tea shops that you go to regularly or the ones in your neighborhood, the one near your office or your home that you might hit regularly, you can scan through this quite quickly and see which ones are great choices and which ones aren't. So you can be an informed consumer without having to do all that research yourself. So I think it's really quite useful. I'm looking at some of these, for example, like tea here's up at the top. It's a great choice, but you've got come by and Tianren's tea are avoid at all costs. And I see Tianren really had a terrible score there. Being a Taichunger, I was glad to see that Chen Shui Tang is a good choice, although not great, but <laughs> at least our local brand isn't totally humiliated. Looking through this list, oh, here's 50 Lan. They came out okay. All right. Mm -hmm. So did you find any surprises in this process when you were going through the different shops? So what really jumped out at you that you were surprised at or that you found interesting? Yeah, it was a fun project to do just because there were so many surprises and we learned a lot and it definitely changed the buying habits habits of our team already. So we were surprised first at how widespread Tenren tea is and in combination with that, how fanatically one China the founder is. So oh. uh, that's part of the big reason why they got an avoid at all costs rating from us and only garnered three points. It's due to that one China stance, their extensive franchising within China as well, and just very little positive sentiment that we could find. Now, I personally actually never liked the taste of Tenren, I have to be honest, um, but they're so ubiquitous, <laughs> you right? psychically. Your taste buds were telling you exactly. <laughs> they're, they're an evil company. <laughs> I could taste something wrong with this one, yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, but they are so ubiquitous and we hope that more people steer clear of them. But we didn't want this to be all negative. So we definitely have some positive ones. Ching Yuan Taro Balls, which is pretty new to me. I hadn't seen it too many places before this. They actually garnered our top score so far at 13 points. Mm -hmm. And that was because they don't franchise nor do they have financial relationships with China. They've done some good charity work and they seem to be growing quickly with delicious drinks. So on a personal note, I'm glad I found them through our ratings research and I was missing out. So, mm, OK, mm -hmm. so this is the one that you're starting with. I see there's a few shops that are coming soon, Coco and a few others. But it looks like this project will be done fairly soon. What's your next step? What's I'm glad you mentioned one? that. So. We've released 15 ratings so far. We have 20 completed, so we'll release five more. And that includes Coco, which by the time this podcast is out, I can tell you Coco is one of the worst shops to go to. So we recommend Ooh. you avoid that, even though they're so ubiquitous. And what's next for us is we've also been working on shopping sites, consumer ratings guide. So all of your e-commerce sites from Momo, PC, Hole, Shopee, et cetera, we went through those and we did a similar thing where we looked at what are their ties to Chinese interests, who owns them, what is their track record, that sort of thing. Do you have any previews for us on how those rankings came out? Or I definitely do, you? yeah. So I could tell you that at number five, the five out of five, the worst one that we saw was actually Shopee. 
So they earned a bad choice rating from us. Were there any that jumped out as good? Yeah, yeah. So PC Home had a really great rating from us, and they're the top one that we recommend. They have Taiwanese and pro-Taiwan founders and shareholders. They've garnered local support during boycotts of Taobao last year. And they only had a slight detraction, as you might have seen in recent vaccine-related news, where the founder apologized for apparently jumping in line at one of the local clinics. So there are quite a few with the shopping sites that garnered an okay rating. So the good news for you consumers is if you're just going for like do no harm sort of approach to your purchases, most of the sites were an okay choice. It's just shopping we definitely recommend avoiding and definitely would steer toward PC Home more. Beyond that, what other areas, I mean, obviously this is a long-term ongoing project and it's going Mm -hmm. to cover a wide range of areas, but what's on your priority list? We're so focused on making sure that we, we, we give actionable advice. And so we're looking at what else we can do. I think there's definitely some interesting press and news related ratings we could do. Where should you be getting your news diet and, and that sort of thing? And <laughs> want, want China Times. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to rank beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some of them might be quite obvious. And then we're looking at other industries. So if your audience has any suggestions, for us, something that they've been wondering about, something that would help them have a net positive impact with their purchases, please let us know in the comments or on Twitter, et cetera. I see that you have on your homepage, there's a way to sign up to become involved. Exactly. So we have a private community where we vet all the members and it's just a little safer than posting publicly in case you're worried about any ramifications from basically being part of this community. And so we have over a hundred members now. A lot of people just join and they share what they're doing in their own lives to have an impact or discuss the latest news. And beyond that, we have quite a few ambassadors and interns who are helping us out. So it's a nice active community despite the social distance that we've had these past few months. Yeah, I could imagine that if you're based in China and you join this community, that you probably <laughs> wouldn't want that made public. Yes. <laughs> and and we understand that even in Taiwan, a lot of people have either family connections or business connections or, or otherwise want to be careful. And so I personally have made that decision that I'm not worried about that, but I can understand some people are. So if you want to start wading in with just a toe in the water and see how it is, you can do that. Now, I see that you have two languages on the site currently. You have English and traditional Mandarin. Mm-hmm. Do you have plans to expand this linguistically? Now, admittedly, coming into the site, it's so easy to use and very visual. So it's not hard to understand what's going on. But do you have plans to expand into other languages and bring in other markets? Yeah, that's a great question. So definitely as we try to expand and and bring in those audiences from other regions, other countries, Thailand, for instance, it would definitely help us to add some Thai to the site. And even in Taiwan, if there are any requests from our community on bringing in other local languages, we're more than happy to consider what we can do there. The most important thing for us isn't necessarily, though, the language on the site. It's making it actionable. So You know, for instance, our ratings themselves, we need them to be visually and textually usable, accessible, all that stuff. So if anybody sees something that we could do better there or or thinks there's a better way that we can present the information and make it more accessible, for instance, we're thinking about doing a browser extension. So when you're browsing e-commerce sites, it can direct you to a better one. Or when you're walking around with your mobile phone at a tea shop, 
we can maybe automatically recognize the logo and give you a rating, stuff like that. What's interesting here is, and I think that you've actually done a fantastic job of making this very easy to use and very visual, and it's a very painless process. And once you have, I think, a wide range of different products and services on this, I think this is going to be fantastic. Unfortunately, I don't actually go to tea shops. <laughs> so you started with a terrible one for me personally. Sorry about but, that. <laughs> Are you more of a coffee guy? Yeah, I'm more of a coffee guy. Um, but now this is interesting because the way that you structured this around the tea shops, it's very tied in with Taiwan, Hong Kong, and China. Now, if you were to move into, for example, say Thailand, mm -hmm. in that situation, I'd assume that the ratings would have to be based on some different criteria because Absolutely. it's a very different political environment there. Have you thought that far ahead or is that a project for the future to think about how to structure something that would be useful for, say, Thais in Thailand, considering the political circumstances there? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We'd probably take a different approach and learn from what we did with this project and these ratings. For Thailand in particular, I, it is very complicated. You have not only a repressive military regime that is having a lot of, we'll call it faux democracy going on right now. And a lot of pro-democracy protesters are taking to the streets and being unfairly jailed. But you also have a lot of suspicion and some pretty obvious examples of undue Chinese influence coming in and, and influencing that Thai regime. So you have this combination of things in each region that we'd have to pay attention to. Myanmar, of course, has its own version of that if we were to focus on them. So I think our rating system is meant to be a starting point and it's by no means set in stone. Even for Taiwan itself, even for these ratings, as we move forward, we hope that they can provide a good reference point for expanding either in Taiwan or expanding to other regions. And we can learn from that and adjust as needed. You just launched, so probably not yet. But are you preparing for or bracing for or have you actually received any at this point blowback from these tea companies? Surprisingly, we've had some positive feedback in the form of likes and those companies sharing our posts. So that's nice. Obviously, they were the great ratings, but no blowback from those companies yet. The blowback we've had is actually just privately some influencers slash journalists and, and other people who have a platform have shied away from covering this. And I think some of that is they want to protect their own interests and not appear to be biased or um, take a stance against China. Some of them have their reasons for it and that's up for another debate. But I personally think that it's at least worth talking about, even if as somebody with a platform or a following, you don't necessarily have to support our approach. It's definitely worth discussing. I definitely see going forward, what you're going to probably run into is companies will start suing you. They'll start trying to undermine you. I could see, for example, you know, if you dealt with car companies, obviously Volkswagen, we found out recently has factories in Xinjiang and East Turkestan. Mm -hmm. I could see that some companies might get very tetchy. There may be some legal or other kinds of blowback that you might run into. How are you preparing for it if it's not a secret? Or just generally speaking, are you preparing for these eventualities? Yeah, we're certainly aware that the companies that are behaving poorly and have those unsavory ties and activity will not be big fans of what we're doing. You know, nobody likes it. <laughs> the rats don't like it when you shine a light on them and they scurry, right? So what we want to do is just try to be a resource for consumers. We're actually just a community ourselves right now. 
So just like any other online organized boycott or a group of people who want to just have an impact, uh, we're the same way. So it's harder for a company to sue a community. I would also say, because we're definitely not making money or established as a business right now. The other thing to keep in mind here is that we are just expressing our opinion in our review. And so we believe that expressing this review and opinion is completely within our rights. And we are giving the necessary disclaimers about the information we found and, and everything like that. So hopefully it doesn't come to that. But if it does, we'll be more than prepared to push back and stand up for our community. I see that you have some other things planned for the future, including events. Now, I know with a pandemic, that's thrown a little bit of a, a, a problem in the mix here. But can you tell us about what kind of events that you're thinking of doing going forward and how can people find out about them and how would you like them to get involved? Definitely. So we ran a really fun brainstorming hackathon that we did virtually during the level three condition restrictions here in Taiwan. And that was all about how we can come up with more creative ideas to have an impact as individuals on human rights and freedoms in Asia. And a lot of the great feedback we got from that were just random community members or people who discovered us through friends or just saw one post and they wanted to join in. So we look forward to doing more events like that. Like you mentioned, we had Wu or Kai Shi come and we occasionally bring in experts or those with a, a lot of more experience than us in these spaces. Another key thing I want to mention in a way people can get involved is we plan on giving consumers more ways to actually utilize these ratings. So we are going to run a contest for maybe drink shop vouchers or other rewards for people who are actually showing us that they're using the ratings for the drink shops, maybe a voucher for the shopping sites, that sort of thing to really incentivize and get people to take action and spread the word about this. So anybody can go to snowballforgood.com and register with our community, and then you'll be the first to hear about our upcoming events and ways to be involved. Oh, that's interesting. I like that idea of a positive feedback message there by using those vouchers. And that's a very interesting way. You might be able to get more funding from some companies, although that could open up potential risks on its own. But vouchers are something that shouldn't be any kind of influence because it's not cash. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely glad you're not going in the negative direction and funding, say, Molotov cocktails. That, that would probably <laughs> not be a good way to discourage these tea shops, the bad ones. <laughs> uh, have you discussed or thought about some other positive feedback loops that you could create like that? Are there other ways that you thought or are you still reaching out to the community to come up with more ideas? Yeah, like you mentioned, uh, a lot of it is outreach to the community and seeing what they'd be interested in. One of the long term projects for us, though, and, and goals for us is to basically build this snowball tool set so that you can earn points on snowball earn what effectively become credits that can be used for membership discounts, used for potentially vouchers. And of course, uh, part of that is you helping to build the community and part of it is your personal actions and how much your personal spending for whatever products and services you're purchasing are affecting your net score. So that is, you can imagine, for instance, as you're browsing the web, if you install our extension and you make a good choice and you use the highly rated PC home versus, say, Shopee, then you would earn more points for that purchase. And so similarly, if you've ever used a very high touch financial platform like Mint or others to track your own spending, 
we could do a similar thing in terms of what is basically the snowball rating of all your purchases from your credit card if you choose to privately share that with us. So there are lots of directions we could go here to create this positive feedback loop where you definitely get rewarded and feel that, see your impact and feel that impact of your purchases. So basically your users could collect snowflakes to build their own snowballs. I, I love that. I love that. kind of where you're going with this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up that I may have missed? You didn't miss it, but I just want to reiterate that I'd love for everybody to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, whatever your social media platform of choices and participate using our ratings. So whatever your favorite drink shop, you should be able to find it on our list and see if it's a good choice. And if not, maybe you can try a new one that has a better rating. And when you do, you can join in our contest that will probably be live around then. Just post yourself buying your drink, post your receipt, whatever you are comfortable with. And, and you could potentially win vouchers. You could win free drinks. So go ahead and check us out, snowballforgood.com. All right. What are some of your social media handles that people could use to find you? We've tried to keep it simple. So pretty much every platform we're at Snowball for Good. And we tweet, uh, post most of our content in both English and traditional Mandarin. So you can find whatever suits your comfort. So, All right, great. And thank you very much for joining me here on Taiwan Context. Thank you so much for having me. This has been brought to you by the Taiwan Report. For more content like this, become our patron at report.tw. This is Sean here again, and this month we wanted to thank our supporters. They include people like Will, Emily, Zeb, Franek, Najee, Nathan, Formosan Business Support, Thomas, John, Frank, Jenna, Simon, Edward, Sebastian, Ryan, Lauren, Patrick, David, Carlos, and Paul. Thank you for your support. Taiwan Report is a small volunteer-led outfit. We are on a shoestring budget. We are independent. This allows us the maximum freedom and allows us to keep our goals in making ethical, responsible media. We've created hundreds of episodes for listeners like you. We hope you had as much fun as we have listening and enjoying all the shows that we've made so far. 